Hello and welcome to the Lone Wolves Pup Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Porter, and if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for tuning in again. If you are a new listener, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad to have you be a part of the pub. Now, before this episode kicks off, I wanted to give a quick note because if this episode seems like it starts a bit abruptly, it is because I actually cut an hour-long episode in half. So when I was recording for the second episode, I didn't realize I had been talking for over an hour. <laughs> and I feel like I didn't really want to release an hour-long podcast episode quite yet. So I want to keep them around the 30-minute mark. And to do that, I ended up cutting that episode in half and making a part one, which you can go back and listen to if you haven't. And this is the part two. So I just wanted to clarify and give you some understanding as to why this episode starts a bit abruptly. Anyway, let's dive into it. One thing I think churches can talk about when it comes to dating is that you have to have more in common with your partner than Jesus. And by that I mean I have personally seen and talked with women who were divorcing their husbands because they found out that all they had in common was ministry and Jesus. And that sometimes, actually I would argue most of the time, that's just not enough. And I feel like more Christian communities and churches need to talk about this because I think sometimes, or maybe a lot of the time, what churches do is they kind of put that Jesus is enough band-aid over everything and they can apply that when it comes to marriage too. And so here you have, you know, young people that aren't being told that you need to have more in common with that other person than Jesus. And so they're basically looking for people who are cute and Christian and that's enough. And I know firsthand many marriages that were based simply on that notion that the other person thought their spouse was cute and they knew that they believed in God and that was enough. Um, in fact, I had a really good friend of mine go through a pretty hard divorce and she opened up to me and said that that was one thing her husband would always do is whenever she would ask him for a compliment, he would basically only compliment her outward beauty, her appearance, and never her personality or anything like that. And she did kind of leave feelings that that was all he cared about was her physical appearance and the fact that she loved God and he didn't really look deeper than that. And I have also sat with women who were divorcing their husbands because they found out at the end of the day that the only thing they have in common is Jesus and their ministry and really nothing else. And I think this is so important because as cheesy as it sounds, your spouse has to be your best friend at the end of the day. I'm saying it. I know many, many marriage counselors the world over have said that this is not a new notion. But for me, once I got married, I realized that my husband is more than just my husband. He is my confidant. He is my champion, my provider, my protector, all of those things. But he's also my best friend. 
he is someone that I can talk to about anything. I have cried in front of him. He has seen me at some of my highest highs and lowest lows and sat with me in those moments like a friend does. So I would argue that the most important thing your spouse needs to be is your friend because not only do you need to love your spouse, but you need to like them. <laughs> I've hung out with some couples and I see the way they interact with each other and I can feel that they love each other. There's that mutual, you know, respect and bond, especially if they're parents, right? They love that they're in this together and parenting their children. But I get the feeling that they don't really like each other apart from that mutual respect and that mutual burden sharing of parenting. And, you know, I feel like when you are friends with someone, you have a lot in common with them. You know, when I think of my best friend, I have so much more in common with her than God. You know, when you are best friends with someone, you have maybe similar interests or hobbies or worldviews. Maybe you both like the same kind of music or movies or TV shows, you know, whatever it is. And I'm really harping on this so much because I feel like churches don't always talk about this, that you need to have more in common with your spouse than just Jesus and ministry at the end of the day, that they need to be like your best friend that you have a lot more in common with. Because at the end of the day, if all you have in common with your spouse is ministry, that may dry up. You may step away from whatever you feel like God has called you to do. You may be a pastor and you step down from being a pastor and then you and your wife have nothing in common anymore because for the last 20 years, all you've talked about is your role in your ministry as a pastor. Or maybe you and your partner are missionaries and a global pandemic happens and you have to leave the country that you were based in and you return back to America and you find that you have nothing in common because for the last decade, you've only been talking about your work and your lives as missionaries. Or heaven forbid you marry someone and maybe 10, 20 years into your marriage, they decide that they don't believe in God anymore. Or they go through a season of really serious doubting and questioning in their faith. And so if all you have in common is your faith, and even that dries up, then what's left? You know, you still have to like this person at the end of the day. You still have to be friends with them and have things in common with them so that you can keep fighting together and working on your marriage and overcoming some obstacles that may come up, like a difference in faith or worldviews. So moving on to another topic, because I could talk about that topic forever. <laughs> another topic I want to bring up is something a good friend and I were talking about the other day. You know, I asked her, what do you feel like churches should talk about when it comes to dating? How can pastors better encourage their congregation when it comes to dating? And she mentioned the idea of self-esteem and how she wished more churches talked about the idea of how you need to love yourself and work on yourself and bolster up your self-esteem in order to be the healthiest version of yourself for someone else. And again, I think a lot of pastors don't talk about that. They kind of put that Jesus is enough band-aid that I mentioned before. They kind of put that over your self-esteem and say that, you know, well, you are loved by God and you are chosen and highly favored and blessed and anointed. You know, you're a daughter or son of the king and that should be enough. 
God's love should be enough for you. But I think that self-esteem also has to come from within. You know, it has to be something that you build up within yourself. And yes, your faith and reliance in God and looking at yourself the way that God looks at you can play a huge role in that. But you also have to find that from deep within too. And by that, I mean, you know, being comfortable in your skin, I would argue for a lot of people is a lifelong journey. I feel like at the age of 33, um, I'm just now becoming comfortable in my own skin. And it was a long journey. I've struggled with trusting people. I've struggled with body image issues. I struggled a lot with opening up and being more social and friendly. But I worked on all of that and it took a lot of hard work. However, I feel like my marriage is healthier for that because now I don't bring that baggage into my marriage. I don't bring my self-esteem issues into my marriage because I've worked on it. I've done the hard work of building up my self-esteem on my own as a single person and not relying on someone else to bolster my self-esteem by telling me I'm beautiful or pretty or, you know. Because you can hear that all day long from your partner, but unless you truly believe it for yourself, it's not going to sink in and you're not going to accept that. So I agree with my friend that I think churches should dedicate more time to talking about the importance of self-esteem and working on that before you seriously dive into dating. And are you ever going to be completely healed from your self-esteem issues? No, probably not. Like I said, I think that journey of being comfortable in your skin is a lifelong one for some people. Because some days are better than others, right? Some days you look in the mirror and you really like what you see. And then other days you look in the mirror and you see a goblin staring back at you. And I've also seen that play out in a lot of my friends' marriages where they let their insecurities keep their spouse from loving them in ways they want to love them because their hurt issues or abandonment issues come up. And while those are real things and things you may never be fully healed from, I think if you do a lot of the hard work to build up your self-esteem on your own before anyone else comes into your life, then you lower the chance that you're going to hurt someone else. So I hate to end this episode on a bit of a downer, but the last point I want to make about dating and marriage is maybe not the most cheerful thing that you will ever hear. But with this podcast, I strive to bring a heavy dose of reality. And the reality when it comes to dating and marriage is that marriage is not a guarantee for everyone. And that's also okay. But I think at the end of the day, resting in the fact that marriage is not a guarantee actually made me a lot less angry with God. <laughs> because rather than looking at marriage as a promise or a guarantee from God, I instead looked at it as what it is. It's a blessing. It is a gift that God chooses to give you in his own way and in his own time. And so when I thought about that, I was no longer frustrated at God, like, God, you're holding out on me or you're holding back. You're not holding up your end in the deal because you promised I would get married. You promised that everyone would find your spouse where nowhere in the Bible does it say that marriage is a guarantee. In fact, back to that proverb that I mentioned at the very top of this podcast, again, it says, happy is a man who finds a wife. It says it just like that. Happy is a man who finds a wife. It doesn't say happy is a man when he gets a wife or happy is a man who is promised a wife. It just says happy is the man who finds a wife. 
And that implies, you know, you may find someone and you may not. And so, yeah, when I stopped viewing marriage as a guarantee, it stopped me from being mad and frustrated with God and feeling like God was not holding up his end of the deal. But again, be encouraged if you are single and desperately want to be married. Then again, I believe that is a desire that God has placed in your heart. And I really do believe he will fulfill that because I don't think that God puts desires in us just for them to never be fulfilled. I think that would be cruel and God is kind, not cruel. All right. I have brought up many, many different topics today. Like I said, just a quick rapid fire speed run through the crazy world of Christian dating. But again, if any of the topics really stood out to you and you wish that I would have spent more time covering this or that, please don't hesitate to message me about it and let me know what you would like to hear more about. You can either DM me at lonewolvesclub.pod on Instagram, or you can email me at lonewolvesclub.pod at gmail.com. I would love to hear your thoughts here. Again, topics you wish I would have spent a little bit more time about when it comes to Christian dating, or just other topics in general that you wish the church or Christians would speak more candidly about. I hope this podcast episode leaves you feeling encouraged that dating is a crazy, crazy, complicated world, and Christians love to over-spiritualize it. But at the end of the day, if you love God, if you hear from God, you can trust that God is with you in your journey of dating, and there's really no wrong way to go about it. I think that's also something Christians should hear more because I think Christians get so afraid of going about dating the wrong way, that they're not inviting God into it enough or not praying about it enough. But again, if you know God, you love God, you hear His voice, like it says in the Bible, His sheep know His voice. And God trusts you with you. He is with you with every step. And so you can move forward confidently knowing that unless you're out here just like hooking up with people left and right or ghosting people left and right, which is not okay to do, then there's really no wrong way to go about dating if you're not doing those things. Again, it's not wrong if you're a woman and you take the lead and ask a guy out for coffee or upload a profile on a dating app. Um, I just want to encourage you in that and hope that you feel a little bit more free. All right. Thank you for hanging in there while I figured out how to split my hour-long episode into two different segments. I appreciate you so much and appreciate you listening as always. Just a friendly reminder before I go that if you want to keep in touch with me in between podcast episodes, you can email me at lonewolvesclub.pod at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at lonewolvesclub.pod. Those are both great places to keep in touch. Feel free to shoot me an email or a DM with your thoughts on these first few episodes. I'd also love to hear what you guys want to hear about. If you have any future episode um, topics that you want me to cover, just let me know. I am all ears. And speaking of future episodes, our next one is going to cover the docu-series from Amazon Prime Video called Shiny Happy People. That is about the Duggar family and fundamentalist Christianity and 
boy, do I have a lot to say. Because <laughs> I feel like the church also doesn't really talk about other different sects within Christianity. And it doesn't talk about maybe some of the more, um, let's say, cult-ish sects, like um, fundamentalist Christians. So we're going to dive into that. Um, I am really proud of how that episode turned out, if I'm going to be honest. Um, so I hope you stick around and tune in for that one. Have a great day, night, weekend, weekday, wherever you are, wherever you're tuning in from. And I'll see you next time. I'm Nicole Porter, and this has been the Lone Wolves Club Podcast.